Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Jules Gill, we made it through another year, another year of entitled Woo! bantering and podding. Um, I feel, Not all oh, sorry, at once, just, just a little, like, uh, two maximum. <laughs> yeah, we can do as much as we can. Um, but yeah, I think I sound pretty ill. We had the big, uh, the What Culture office party thing uh, yesterday, yes. which went on till the wee hours of the morning. Sadly, any remote people couldn't make it, so we're doing another one in January. Yeah. Um, so you'll have to come up for that one. Well, this is the problem, isn't it? It's like you're using the royal we here because it was mm. very much a case of the people up in Newcastle got to have a good time. Although I would trade <laughs> the slightly milder weather down in here in Wales mm. compared to the absolute ice storm that you guys have been blasted with up there. Man, oh my it God. is freezing looking at that. I'm getting chilly just looking at you here. It's freezing. I feel like this room is so white and it's so white outside that I'm graying more than usual. It just feels like it's reflecting off me. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it was a nice time and um, yeah, we're going to do, we're not going to pre-record anything for the for next week or the week after. So I think mm-hmm. it'll be two weeks without the pod. This is the um, last UBP of the Which is the year. last I know, the last one of 2022. I did, I did want to do a massive genuine thank you to everybody who sent in, obviously, all their questions, all the interactions that we've had across the year. Um, and we did get a, we've got various lovely messages from people. Um, so just know that you are seen and we've read all of them and thank you very much. Um, I did just say, Willie Araya said, uh, no question for the last pod. Just want to congratulate you for another great year. Bless um, you, mate. Thanks for having a, a fun way to interact with your audience and for always having great thoughts and points for our questions. Here's to another year. Oh, I'm bless. Panther. So yes, we'll carry that all forward um, to next year. But I thought that would be a nice way of just saying thank you to everybody. Um, it was this. It was the same over on the Instagram side as well. I put out the question mm. thing because obviously Scott and I are trying to do the half on Twitter, half on Instagram thing. And there was mm-hmm. loads of people that just got in touch saying, "I don't have a question. Just want to say thank you very much for the podcast. Have a great year and a Merry Christmas." And I was like, oh. "That's just really nice. It's just it's, it, it's that sort of like emotion. That buzz gets me going more than some sort of like, oh, we've got an exclusive video game. It's just no, totally. actually, like getting to connect with the people. That's the mm-hmm. that's the fun part of the job. Oh is. man, totally. I, I would always do like any like the whole review crunch is like low key the worst part of the yeah. whole thing like yeah. doing, doing like post game uh, conversations with the community or with people submitting stuff and actual talking points is for me or you or whatever way more fun um, but yeah we'll get through as many questions as we can I did ask people for overlooked games of 2022 um, Ooh, and also what the okay. best Christmas levels um, of all time are so I'll rattle through some of them and then we'll get to some questions yeah sounds good um, some overlooked games. Uh, one is from Jack Asbury, who says, want to give a shout out to Digimon Survive. Not the perfect game by any means, but yeah. one I thought one I really enjoyed. I, I kind of but... did like an internal gasp there. I was like, really? Like, okay, fair <laughs> But I do like the fact that the qualifier of it's not the perfect game by any stretch came soon mm-hmm. after. But I guess if you're a huge Digimon fan, um, they said they enjoyed it nonetheless. I feel like it very uh, flew under the radar quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jack Jingles said, Return to Monkey Island, um, oh, which I yeah, guess did get... that's been great, that has. Yeah, that game's gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Like, got a, a bit of a spike of interest, but not anywhere near as much as 
is like an Elden Ring or whatever. Yeah. And then um, some Christmas levels, and you can throw yours in as well, Jules, if you okay. want. But in terms of uh, best Christmas levels, best Christmas games, um, McAllister NYC said the best Christmas game is either the NES Die Hard or all of Arkham Origins. That game deserves more love. <laughs> now, um, Brandon, I've, I've, got to, I've just got to interrupt on that one there. Yeah. Like, I know that uh, Bruce Willis has come out and said that uh, Die Hard is not a Christmas film, even though his opinions <laughs> do not matter on this because it's what the actual mm. writer and director decided to uh, classify this as, who mm-hmm. disagrees. Um, the NES game of Die Hard is not good. It is not good in the mean? slightest. The fact is, you can run out of bullets in it, which uh-huh. make the, makes the game impossible, but the game doesn't tell you that it is impossible. Walking oh, over okay. the broken glass doesn't just... Um, limit your your health it actively saps it throughout the rest of the level it is like it's nes hard and it just feels nes unfair at points as well I never played that one. Actually, I'll get to it in a sec because someone else mentioned the Die Hard trilogy on okay. PS1, which is, which is uh, great. I love that. Which game. is great. Yeah. I feel like that's the go-to Die Hard game. Yeah. Um, there's that weird one on PS2 where it was all like slow motion matrix scene. You could let's do that. Not, let's not talk about the Viva um, <laughs> Las Vegas one or whatever it was called because that was the Die Hard trilogy 2, which had uh, no John mm. McClane in whatsoever. So that was fantastic. No, no, the, what's the? Oh, maybe there is that one. I just I bought it because I was in such a matrix kick across the 2000s, and I was like, I remember in the trailer you could use a sniper rifle and it would follow the bullet to shoot the guy. What? And I was like, that's the coolest thing I've ever seen. And so I would. Just buy stuff for that. Um, but yeah, Brandon Bressman says one of the best holiday levels was Borderlands 2's DLC where you fight a giant snowman called Mr. T. Yes, yeah, yeah, that is awesome. <laughs> like, uh, I love the fact that they brought out holiday-themed DLC, like mini packs where it was just like a level plus an upgrade on the level cap itself, which was just yeah. absolutely brilliant. I love that. Okay. Uh, Jack Jingle also said Hitman Blood Money's Christmas Party level, which I think oh, is my stunning. personal favorite. Yeah, that is a stunning <laughs> level because of the fact that everyone's dressed up. You can dress up as Santa Claus. You go in mm-hmm. and you just basically add everyone to your very naughty and dead list. It is fantastic, <laughs> that level. It's Great the flat show. list because you can push everyone off, oh, yeah. <laughs> or off ledges and everything. That was that game that brought in the shove. Uh, which is really cool. And uh, Elfar Yoliver says, uh, not a level per se, but two-thirds of the Die Hard trilogy were amazing. Yeah. Or if we're talking movies, it's Lethal Weapon. I feel like that's a, that's a hell of a swerve. Whoa, okay. Lethal Weapon is the best Christmas movie, I guess so. Um, Stuart H. also says, favorite Christmas level of all time has to be the Frosty Village in Diddy Kong Racing. Always evokes great nostalgic memories. Nice. Um, so yeah, I'm just I'm trying to get the Christmas vibes going. I don't know about you, but I've not put my decorations up yet. And we're very what? close to Christmas. I know. I've just we've just we've Me and my wife just sort of remembered the other day that we hadn't done it. We've been down in London. I've been <laughs> ill for a week. Whatever. And uh, we were just just like oh yeah christmas decorations and trees and all that and we were just sort of like oh we just do we even care anymore it's like a week see this thing like carrie and i we don't go overboard with the christmas decorations mm. there's people on our street that have got like the classic lights out the front they've got the like yeah. their entire electricity bill you can almost like hear the burning <laughs> just like because it's like racking up the numbers like uh-huh. but we've decided to actually implement a little bit more effort because of the last couple of years, what with the pandemic and everything like that, mm. like Christmas has always felt like a bit of a, I don't know, it's a bit of a double-edged sword. It's the it's fantastic thing of being yeah. able to like give each other presents, to show love for people that are close to you and just love for mankind in general. Mm-hmm. But it's come with the sort of like not being able to see everyone or the travel restrictions meant that it was difficult over years. Mm. And now it seems like it's the first time that's really opened up since then. And it's still maybe people are a bit wary about traveling and whatever. Mm. So we're trying a bit harder to put more effort into our Christmas decorations. And by that, I mean, we went out and got ourselves a nicer tree. It's got like some nice LEDs on it, but we've covered it in the most ridiculous uh, ornaments possible. We've got a Panther King bauble. We've got a silver gherkin um, that's like shiny. Um, There's a robot that's on top of the tree. There's two space mice, one with like helmets and space suits on. Space mice? Yeah, space mice, mate. And then there's a um, a leopard uh, who's got like a little 
hymn book who's like singing like um, oh that's cool what should we call it a christmas carols yeah it's yeah. very weird it's a very weird that's dream. Lush. we've got um we've got jack from nightmare before christmas what we did have last year nice. every other year he's nice. like he's our top of the tree decoration thing and uh this year we did just at, at one of the london markets i bought an upside down hanging spider-man to put on a tree oh, and then we got home and realized cool. we didn't have the tree but i need to get that sorted um but yeah i think i'm trying to get more in a christmas mood and i think for me it's all about the food and the family more than the decorations and the presents even though they are obviously cool yeah but i'm loving the food side of it the most well, this is your last day it's my last day as well isn't yeah, it yeah, so, yeah, we're uh, done it's a, i don't know why i asked you that i know when my last day is yeah <laughs> it's, it's our last day so maybe it's as soon as you clock off from work that you'll suddenly get into the christmas mm. mood you'll have like you know the uh wild west when the slide a uh beer across the bar you'll be like sitting <laughs> there just mind your own business and like an eggnog will just like slowly <laughs> like push its way across into your hand you're like oh it's christmas i feel like i can so yeah in the background you can just hear that like holidays are coming like in the yeah. background eventually it gets oh my god holidays are coming they're Wait, here I'm, i can't I'm remember there was a sketch that i saw where somebody had taken that it might have been like an instagram or tiktok thing or maybe mm. even a vine from back in the day but it was the holidays are coming thing but uh, it got more and more aggressive as it like said it again and again and again and this guy realized that he was being hunted by one man who was just running down the street going, holidays are coming! Like <laughs> just driving the christmas truck i feel like some like i don't know some scream version of that should exist like if that was at a gig i would i would scream that at this time of year Oh, don't. The horror genres do not need any more like weird and odd ideas like this, man. They've got enough <laughs> to work through. Do you remember the big boom when they were like, okay, right, guys, they had a little meeting, all of the horror minds, and they're like, we can't mm. use cell phones as an excuse anymore because of the fact True. that everyone's got like coverage nowadays. So what we can mm. do instead, let's have the entire film take place on Zoom. Let's have like, it, so that it's a Snapchat filter <laughs> that kills you. And it's like, ah, oh, right, okay. So we're literally just taking anything that's remotely popular and turning that mm. into horror. Fantastic. Well, I think, yeah, this year's like, Violent Night or whatever it's called that one oh, with, um, with um, David Harbour yes yeah, Harbour. yeah 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 um, I feel like that's just sort of like what if Santa was mad and killed things I'm not going to lie that's but... already happened and it starred right. Bill Goldberg and it was amazing uh, he, uh, <laughs> I can't remember what it was called actually what are you giving him his full name William G. Oldberg William yeah. B- Bill Goldberg let me just uh, double check Bill, <laughs> Bill Goldberg uh, Bill Goldberg horror film Santa and like this will come up it was <laughs> Santa's sleigh and it came okay. out in 2004 and I honestly urge you all to watch it because not only does he do a ton of wrestling moves to kill people as santa but it does is... he spear any of them oh yes he does okay, yes okay. he does my friend it is it's <laughs> awful it's an awful awful film it's worse than kurt angle's appearance in one of the sharknados okay it's worse than that and yet it's I so much if, watchable it's so good. if you gave like an ai those words you just said of like like goldberg um christmas santa whether it would spit out the same thing as like what you've just what actually exists in t- from 2000 I, I know that we're going way off tangent here but i'm getting so worried about these ai things coming up because it was like first it was the dali stuff and then it was the mm. uh, auto-generated songs that people were submitting for eurovision and stuff like that mm. then it's the plays now it's the scripts and stuff at this point we're just getting so lazy with uh creativity that it's impressive how creative we've been in not having to think and well, I think, like, when you look at some of the stuff that comes out you're like damn that's actually all right or am yeah. i getting stupid am i <laughs> am i am i thinking it's okay because of the fact that i'm so used to being fed this absolute tripe it's a weird thing because I feel like, like for me, in theory, on a long enough timeline or almost immediately, it puts a premium on literal human creation. Yeah. Uh, however, it's hard to d- differentiate that sometimes, yeah. um, which is the problem. Because like, like, as soon as all these things started appearing, I was like, well, how many artists have you had to rip off to teach the algorithms to actually be able to generate this stuff in the first place? Yeah. Which is what's now started coming out more, um, which was just that idea of them just whatever various different ones, Lenser, Mid Journey, whatever, just scanning everything that's available online and then replicating it. Yeah. And people... 
realizing they were getting little artist signatures in the corner, but they're all combined. Yeah, it's just yeah, like yeah. it's just pulling everything in, which is like massively you know, inappropriate. The funniest thing is, is that not only is it basically the biggest uh, uh, example of art theft going on, yeah. but it's the fact that it can't get human features and faces right is the thing the that really like weird. makes me laugh because it's like three fingers or you've got like five eyes or like your face looks <laughs> like uh, you've had a full plate of food and pushed all the food towards the middle of the plate. Uh. Like it's just absolutely mad how this AI <laughs> just goes, humans uh, matter so little in my grand scheme of taking over art itself that I don't even know well, how to replicate them. It's so weird because I was watching uh, Marcus Brownlee's video on it and it's like- What a legend, um, by the way. I yeah, love his tech breakdowns. Yeah, he's great. And like, um, he got tagged by Lenser themselves, just being, oh, we just generated some profile photos for you. So he just, he was like, okay, cool, I'll make a video on it. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it worked really well as getting the name out, the word out for them. Um, but he was saying, obviously, like, it just, ha- it has to remain like a tool. It just can't be this thing that we actually, you know, go to. And I love the fact that he opened his video, like, as you would expect. And then he revealed that it was actually an AI generated script. And he's like, everything I've said to this point was actually from the AI. That's, and yeah. that's kind of insane. But he's like, hopefully, it just becomes a tool, like an auto select on Photoshop or something mm-hmm. that we just use for something else. But I think the fact that it can generate scripts or I don't know like could it could it do an untitled banner podcast like I've not fed an AI bar untitled banner before but well, if we ask them the questions I don't know if they would come back with the sort of stuff we would say you've got to think as well um between you and I we have done so many videos across our time at what culture mm. that there's probably nearly every single word in the English language bar of a select <laughs> few um that's probably been said and recorded so somebody mm. could auto generate a script and have air quotes Scott or air quotes oh Jules produce yeah. it and I tell you what as soon as our employers find out how to do that we are out <laughs> of the job my friend because they could churn out a video every single three hours boom 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 they They'd, oh, they'd, like a, they'd AI edit it as well. And this is the Maybe. thing. Therefore, entertainment would become <laughs> so... It wouldn't evolve because it would just be replicating what comes before. Mm-hmm. But it would be ever existing. It would, it be would like just be inf- content. Infinite energy of content. The cow yeah. or the content cow would be <laughs> sucking its own teat, milking itself. The content Ouroboros. It, yeah. it just continues forever. Yeah. The world um, server eats it, it and it's equally as devastating. <laughs> uh, but it, Merry Christmas though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Merry Christmas. <laughs> we'll, we'll get there. <laughs> but that's the thing. I think 2023 is going to be the year of like AI art and AI generated yeah. stuff and can you tell the difference and all the deep fake stuff and all those kind of things. And um, it reminds me of when, and I to- we will totally get to all your question yeah, yeah. it reminds me of when um hologram gigs had a little bit of a boom oh, and it was yeah. that idea yeah, of yeah. like um companies going like okay can we sort of tour in like seven countries at once and just do, do hologram stuff instead and there was the two-pack one um, and i know did one UK. as well Abba just did one. They yeah. sort of like still had some singers, but it was like on stage was yeah it was accentuated like? by the holograms i guess it, yeah it became yeah. part of the like, live show yeah, and it's like removing the human quality of it just mm. to cash in as much as possible. And it's like, if an AI could generate like 10 Jules scripts in like 10 minutes, then any employer would love that. Like, that's just that whole idea of like making sure that humanity matters going forward. Well, it go, um, just, just as the last point, um, do you remember mm. when Jet Li turned down working on The Matrix because they said that if they mo-capped all of his stuff, which they would have to do to create some of the special effects, there would be a library oh, of himself, his movements yeah. and his work, and that is entirely him. But they mm. would own the rights to it, so then could use it for any other action movie going forward so mm-hmm. he said no in order to protect myself my practices my teachings and my uh, style then i have to say no to this which is just mm. mad because yes. he was so far ahead of the game everyone totally. thought he was mad at the time for saying that but nowadays like totally on the money there's a really good film um which at the time was like so out there it just barely kind of landed but it's only become more true over time and it is quite like abstract but it's got um 
I can't even think what you call the woman from Princess Bride now, but it's got her mm-hmm, in, and mm-hmm. it's a movie called Congress, and it's um this whole thing about like the future of celebrity and like not even like your person, but like you signing over the rights to the idea of you as a smell and you become a perfume, and it's like this idea she has a meeting with her agent, like okay, everyone wants to smell you, they want to wear you, yeah, they want weird, to be you entirely. Weird. How many facets of your identity can you sell off and sort of like you know become this nebulous idea of yourself in every possible form? Um, and it's not just about the 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 individual as like a physical being. It's about like like I said, like franchising yourself entirely and becoming like data so you can be sold off and everything else. And at the time, it was like, well, this is going pretty far. But, but like now, now like AI generated scripts and oh my god! So so yeah. are we are now officially changing the name from the UBP to the EBP because it's existential banter podcast. <laughs> Because we are having a crisis right now, just before Christmas. It is a Christmas crisis. Dreadcast. So should we should we go on to the to the questions now? Should we actually like yeah, give, yeah, yeah. give the uh, sh- uh, share the presents as it were the gifts that we <laughs> the made. presents and the presents? Do you want me the to kick is- off or do you want to go? Uh, I'll, you, you can kick off because I've okay. got loads of stuff to get through. Well, I've got one here from Stephen McCormack, nineteen seventy nine, who said, "Happy Xmas, unbantled tighter podcast." That's good. good. There, I like that. After the intro we just did, it's not remotely tight, but yeah. How do you spend the non week from the twenty fifth to the first of January? So, what are we going to do? What's our like? I'm assuming it's like, what are our gaming challenges? What are we going to yeah, hope yeah, to yeah. accomplish by the time that you and I meet back up to record again? Have you got mm-hmm. any games that are on your back burner that you're looking to get through? Yeah, man. I, oh, my 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 backlog has only only blossomed in the last couple of weeks because I just bought everything. I spent my last paycheck on the uh, Callisto, Midnight Suns, Need for Speed, Final Fantasy VII Crisis Core. Um, I still want. I'm still going through like Mario and Rabbids and mapping mm-hmm, that. Mm-hmm. Rogue Legacy Two was the game that I took down to London on the train. Um, so I'm just gonna. Yeah, I'm looking forward to just having a big old gaming Christmas. It's it's, it's always the thing that I look forward to the most. Um, not, well, not necessarily all year long, but obviously the way that we do the content. There's obviously things to keep up with. There's reviews to hit. Or there's mm-hmm. general sort of windows mm-hmm. of things that you want to hit. Whereas that that period, especially that week in between, is one of the only times where there are zero deadlines whatsoever. Yes, yeah, so you're just, just free. Just play the way that anyone would play listening to this at home who doesn't make content or whatever. Um, you don't have to worry about sort of like making sure you get things turned around. You can just enjoy the backlog or enjoy your library mm-hmm. um, however you want. So I always love that time period. Um, like I said, today's our last day. So I'm just like, let me get done with stuff today. Everything's going to get scheduled for the holiday. And then I'm diving back into Callisto and Midnight Suns. I was going to say, is that, the, is that the first thing that you can do is either Callisto well, or Midnight Suns? Probably um, Callisto because they've just done a massive update for it. They, like, they've done like I this heard they patched healing it loads, and, like, yeah. very quickly as well. But like to the point where it feels like we just paid for a playtest. Like they've changed the healing animation. Mate, changed, are you even like... surprised? How many times do we go uh... over this, dude? Day one sucks. Day one sucks. <laughs> but... Never buy in. It's like unbelievable, like like the, just the brazen reality of it, and also the weird sort of like sickness of being excited that they fixed it. It's like so stupid. Like like we could have just saved money, do what you do, get a better, it's get a better version of it right. later on. I propose that there is, uh, if there's any academics out there, you know, we had like loads of papers on the concept of FOMO and how people were mm. using that as a marketing thing. There is, I swear down, a new marketing ploy in what you've just said. The mm. joy of something being fixed that should never have been right. broken like you you've just said that you're excited to go back to the Callisto protocol mm-hmm. because it's now something that you thought it was a week yeah. ago that means that they have managed to sell you the game lose the faith in there but then retain <laughs> you they've kept you exactly where they want you to be and I that remember. is amazing 
Yeah, and also so twisted. Like, yeah. it, it's ridiculous. And I'm, I'm completely self-aware of it. And like, But it's one of those things. I remember when Sonic, they, obviously the design for Sonic 2 was like, sorry, the first Sonic 1 was all messed up and ugly Sonic and everything else. And then they fixed it. And there was all those theories at the time saying, oh, well, they put the really bad one out first so they could fix it and get all the fans on board. And that was what led to it being a success. I don't think that's the case. I think there's too much effort that goes into designing something um, to get it wrong intentionally. But at the same time, it almost worked. It did kind of work in their favor. And then sometimes, like you said, in these cases, um, all the replies on the Callisto Twitter are like, good on you guys, keep going, more fixes yeah. coming. And it's like, I totally get why you'd be psyched. I'm glad that they fixed it. But this is actually really messed up that we're, <laughs> we're not just like, what the F, I've paid £45 for this. And it took you like a week and a half to, you know, fix the healing animation or whatever they've done. That's the mad thing is that how quickly it was fixed, which shows that if they were just given a slight more time or care, or there was somebody Literally. who just ticked a box here and there before, that this wouldn't have happened in the first place. Yes, now, exactly. Arguably, the damage done to your identity over a bad launch is far worse than being able to fix it and repair it. But if you Mm. look at the examples of Cyberpunk and uh, No Man's Sky, you Mm. look at them and they are now receiving such a resurgence in player base and support it's almost like a second launch and it's like i don't know how they've done it like they're making money hand over fist for screwing up in the biggest ways possible (laughs) it's it's utterly bizarre somebody said there is like a psychological component to it i'll roll in a question from pinky here because he's saying um have cdpr redeemed themselves with the next gen witcher update i think that this along with all the work done on cyberpunk means that cdpr are well and truly back to showing other studios how it should be done yes what do you think do you think they've like they're back I don't think they're fully back personally, um, the thing is is that right I feel like they lost a lot of trust but at the same time mm. their core audience is now so deeply embedded into the philosophies of CD that they are going forward with potentially a bigger customer base overall like mm. if you just see the media spin of this, this game was bad but now it's great every outlet including us have just said again and again this is worth playing now this is worth mm. playing so mm. what we've done is we've basically helped them market their own game <laughs> by saying yeah sure go buy copies of this game more so mm. than the ones they sold infinite amounts of back in the day so mm. i'd say that yes they are back but it's got that classic jewels asterisk about them as uh, an expanded form says you're only as good as your last project so yes. i will have faith with them going into this but if they let me down again then i don't know maybe this is just a publisher that doesn't know how to handle the bigger projects mm. because you got you got to remember the witcher first game when that came out that was an absolute pile of dog mess. Oh, totally. Like, I mean, they were a tiny team back then. Exactly. So they haven't actually learnt from that across the mm. things. They've gone to that. They've got more money, more staff, more time because mm. they were delayed all those um, months ago mm-hmm. and they still managed to launch a game that wasn't ready. So yeah. their next game, and especially when you see how many they're trying to launch with that oh God, silly yeah, roadmap that they put insane. out, yeah. I am very worried. So that asterisk mm. is very large against the yeah. uh, yes, they are back. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. 
Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. This podcast is brought to you by Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it just makes hiring all in one place so easy because you just get unparalleled access to job seekers. Plus, listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash WCG. Just go to Indeed.com slash WCG right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash WCG. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. No, I would totally back that. I think the Witcher update is actually really impressive. Obviously, there's visual and performance stuff, but they've added like a photo mode. They've actually gone in and tweaked quite a few things, like the way the map works and things like that too. So I like them doing that. That's almost like a quality of life update, and it's very much a make good Mm. um, because Cyberpunk was such a mess, even though there were always things to like about it. Like, whatever. We've talked loads about it before, but still... It is that interesting thing of just like, well, they finally got there. Like this was kind of the year of Cyberpunk yeah. because you had Edge Runners come out and then they sort of alongside that, they discounted it quite heavily. They updated it again. And it was just like, for me, I, I think that if there's someone as talented as CDPR and as a game as beloved as The Witcher 3, no one, you know, wanted to keep sort of keeping them down after Cyberpunk. It was like, well, come on, guys, you can do better than this. And even The Witcher 3 needed to be patched quite a lot. Mm-hmm. So it's like I said, it's almost like a psychological thing where it's like, well, you, you're, act- you're actively championing them to get better, which is totally fine. Um, but it is still an insane indictment of where we're at as an industry that it, it got that bad. Yeah. Um, and we're just sort of happy that it's not a disaster anymore. But it's like, yeah, that's the thing that um, like r- rotational cycle seems to happen every other week at the minute, um, as is the case with Callisto. Yeah, again, but, um, we, we've just gotten yeah. used to accepting it, haven't we? Like we were talking Random. before on the previous episode, maybe about how in the 90s you shipped a game and it was in that state. You didn't get yeah. you got didn't get a chance to patch it. That was mm-hmm. it. And if it was broken, God damn, would people let you know about it? And they would not buy your stuff again. Because yeah, like that legendarily, was a... but now, historically broken. As soon as um, the idea of day one patching or being able to patch in games came out, it mm. opened the, wor- the world op- up to being screwed over uh, by publishers that were just like, ah, we'll fix it in post. That mentality yeah, of yeah. it's not right first time, but we can make it right. Mm-hmm. Bizarre. Absolutely bizarre. I, just, I mean, and even, so, that, yeah, and I think that, like, that, like even this, something like Pokemon, it was just like, I was actually like excited for them to fix the frame rate because I'm like, yeah. the, the guts of this are so solid. Yeah. I just want to enjoy it. Um, but it's like the reality. No, no, yeah, I'm about 20 hours in or something. It was one of my most played Switch games for the year, which isn't that high really compared to like Pokemon Arcade. Oh, but, I, like, feel, I did a lot of that earlier. In the I year. feel bad now because of the fact that you edited my best bosses of 2022, and I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure that the final boss of that game is on there. You edited that, so you probably <laughs> had to read the spoiler. Apologies, mate. No, it's fine. I could guess what that was going to be anyway. Yeah, okay, um, cool. But uh, no, it's fine. I'm not, I'm not going to get too freaked out about Pokemon story stuff. However, this does lead nicely into my next um, Instagram story uh, yes. uh, question, which is uh, from my neighbour, good guy all around 
band legend Tom Arnold, who says, okay. which air quotes universally loved or super popular game did you never really get into? And the reason it links on is because these new Pokemon games, I could not mm. give a single whiff of piss about. Like, I'm, I'm sorry, like, I just don't care. Just do not care in the slightest. <laughs> did, you, did you ever care about Pokemon, though? Were you ever oh, into Pokemon? Oh, hell yeah, did out? I. Right, hell right. yeah, man. Like, when Pokemon Red and Blue came out, I mm. bought Blue, and I remember thinking to myself, if I sell all of my old games, I might be able to afford Red as well because I was that right. into the thing because I was like, I had people that had link cables at school mm-hmm. who had Red, but I was so closely guarded, like, I don't want to share. I want to keep right, all right. of the Pokemon to myself that it went mad. <laughs> I tapped out around about uh, Heart Gold. Um, it's the last oh, okay. Pokemon game that I... I didn't even buy that, actually. I got sent it by my Australian mm. friend, Liam, and honestly, I genuinely think, hands down, that is... Am I going to say it? Yeah, I'm going to say it. It's, it's the best Pokemon game ever. Um, okay. Heart Gold, I think Soul Silver. Do think that. I think right. that it is just absolutely spectacular. I haven't encountered a single bit where I thought this is a downtime that's just rubbish mm. or boring. Mm. Um, and yes, it maybe hadn't uh, presented the most spectacular fighting or battle system by that point, but it gave mm. the perfection, the crystallization of what the original battle system was before. It was like, um, you know, when Final Fantasy VII came out and like mm-hmm. in, was it Final Fantasy VII that had the ATB gauge? Uh, a 10 I think is ten. What when 10 yeah. came out that perfected turn based battle systems mm. for me because it was like boom there we are that's the best way that you can do it and then every mm. other game after that was like well we can't beat it so let's just change it entirely <laughs> true which like yeah Final Fantasy itself has completely become like a platinum action game now which yes, I love like, yeah, yeah. 7 Remake and Crisis Core seem to play like that oh, 7 Remake definitely plays like that um, so yeah so for me uh, in terms of uh, unpopular stuff um, I think we talked about this before because I always just go to Half-Life I've never ever cared oh, about yeah. Half-Life yeah 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 uh, Neither like one or two. Um, the thing I was going to say about Pokemon was that I was always Gen One. I was just Gen One entirely, and mm-hmm. I just get, I just didn't care after that. And then I came back with Pokemon Go, and then I ended up. I'm, I'm now I'm back in the cycle. I'm back in the pits because I'm getting. I got Sword and Shield. I ended up getting um, the remake of uh, Diamond and Pearl or whatever it was. And then recently, obviously this year, it's been Arceus and Pokemon Violet. Man, you've put in so. a lot of Poke hours into this because <laughs> they're about like what sixty hour games a piece. Uh, yeah, if you do if you want to do everything, I mean, I, I have over 100 hours You're in crazy. Arcade. You're crazy, man. That is too <laughs> much Pokemon. Sick, man. <laughs> sick, man. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I'd definitely be Half Life for the for the big AAA thing that I just I just don't care about. I've tried so much Half Life One and Two. I've even gone back to two on the Orange Box on Series mm-hmm, X, where mm-hmm. it's all upticked. It plays like one of the best um, PC performances of like back in the day, 2004 or whatever. Just doesn't do it for me. I kind of don't like the feel of that game whatsoever. Wasn't there a um uh, a, a FromSoft title that you weren't too keen on was it demon's souls probably demons yeah but everyone was going mad for that when the remake came out but do you think yeah, that yeah. was just because hey the ps5 actually has a game worth getting well that's the thing <laughs> yeah it's, oh it looks it looks very nice and it's a nice way to show off the playstation 5 and it is solid soulsian combat but for me it was like it just still felt like you could tell it was the first one before they yeah. perfected it or yeah. at least blew up with dark souls like it just it felt like the first attempt at something and um, that would be refined further um next question from matthew mcgowan who says have we ever discovered any bands from video games i found a tree from burnout 3 and Burn- from Need for Speed Most Wanted. Um, was that Hand of Fate? What was it, Hand of Blood that was on there? What, a tray? Like, on Need for Speed? No, for, uh, for Bullet on uh, uh, Need for Speed. I don't know, man. I what, about that time, would that have been when Scream Aim Fire came out? Would it have been before that? Four maybe. Words to Choke Upon, well, I guess maybe? Burnout 3 was like 2004 or something. Oh, so, so that would be the poison yeah. around there, wouldn't it? So yeah, I that, think so. So what would have been coming out on that then? I do, the only reason I know this is because I actually mm. went recently and thought, hey, I wonder what Bullet from a Valentine are up to. They, did you know that they released an album in like 2021? or 2020 
Oh yeah, yeah. I sort of vaguely keep up with them, and then I I always listen because because I mean both of us have grown up with or grew up with Bullet. Yeah, yeah. So I always check out their stuff, and then I do like a, just a sad face because it's nowhere near as good as I would like it to be. But I I quite like the Venom album. That was just like a weird sort of spiritual sequel to Poison. They went really hard with that. The, the most recent two, like Gravity and whatever that other one was that yeah. they did. Um, they're fun enough, but for me, the lyrics are always so terrible. I think that they were better when Matt Tuck used to scream them, but when yeah. he just sings those lyrics, they're terrible. Well, that's the thing. That's how I feel with uh, Bring Me The Horizon, is that right. um, okay. I feel like when they were... I didn't like Chelsea Smile. I didn't like any of that sort of stuff when they mm. were just being... It was hardcore scene kids for hardcore scene kids. They just yeah, were trying yeah. way too hard to say absolutely nothing. So when Sempaternal came out, it's like, okay, these guys are actually worth something now because it was yeah. like that lovely uh, void between thrice breaking up and that and it had that sort of like big expansive visa Shadow feel. Moses is yeah, huge. it's just a great thing. But then as they started moving in, I realized like, oh, Ollie Sykes, he's Ah, oh, not a good lyricist, is he? <laughs> he's really not, is he? If, if, if oh, I don't mind him. If there's a simple rhyming scheme, he's going to take it. They did bring right, it back, right. though, with that um, uh, post-humanism album, the LP that they released over yeah, the one from a couple years ago. with Baby Metal mm. on. That was fantastic. Oh, it was so yeah. good. Kingslayer. That Kingslayer what? song. <sighs> yeah, uh, Dear Diary is great. I mean, I, I like his lyrical style. I quite like the sort of, like, random little bits that he'll throw in of just, like... I don't know, he'll do like little noises or like, you know, he'll go like with like more different <laughs> accents or whatever. I'm just, I quite like that approach to it. Yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah, in terms of discovering stuff from uh, games overall, like the old the Guitar Hero and the Rock Band games were like oh, yeah. instrumental yeah. In, uh, in, in showing me so many bands. Like, uh, and then same with uh, Hotline Miami. It was like, that got me, me into an entire genre of music. Like mm-hmm. I wouldn't be so into Synthwave if it wasn't for Hotline. So um, yeah, I would take those three for me. Uh, I don't know if you have like specific bands. I think for me, it's like, I didn't get a specific band from those games, but it was definitely genre stuff and just sort of general exposure to, yeah. like, you know, more things in that genre. I came with the Guitar Hero 3. Um, I managed to discover Fall of Troy, which I really mm. like because they had FC mm. Premix as a song that was on there. Or FCP Remix, I think it was. Um, and then oh, they had... There was another band that I... Re- oh, Anna Managuchi from the nice. Scott Pilgrim versus the World, the video game. Yes. I remember listening to them to the point where my ears started to feel like they were hurting because of like... <laughs> it is that sort of chiptune stuff. It is a hard so lesson. You, you, yeah. can't, you can't put it on 24-7 because your brain is going to break. <laughs> but it is very fun while it's on for the first time. Yeah. I'll shout out for specifics. Um, Carpenter Brute is one of my favorites oh, that yeah. I found, who's yeah. a synthwave dude. Uh, he had an album this year actually called Leviterra. Um, so I'll shout them out. Um, next question from Macalester NYC who says, Merry Christmas, boys. What Merry was Christmas. Your best- Merry Christmas. What was your best gaming surprise of 2022? And why was it Stray? Stay oh, warm and duh, he's, what, No, no, he's doing this on purpose. He's trying to wind us up. He's trying to wind <laughs> us up here because he knows. Best indie game, apparently. Best, one of the best game of whatever it was at the Golden Joysticks. Is it bollocks, mate? It was Very just true. one of those things where like as soon as that came up and bless Ash because obviously she was the one that was on the PlayStation <laughs> side like saying, yeah, Stray, I love cats and stuff like that. And I was yeah. like, like, I'll see if you like but it, is yeah, it good? So. Is it a good game? <laughs> it's like technically, is it actually really good? If we did like an old like a chatty faces, if she was still here and she loved Stray, we would have done one of those chatty face things where I think all of us in the room would have had a go at her trying to defend Stray or whatever. Yeah, that listen, listen. Been. I'm, I'm not gonna th- that. I'm not gonna throw her under the bus, but I'm just no. saying that she and I have had uh, conversations about how much she loves Alien, Colonial Marines, and uh, <laughs> Evolve. A legitimate love for both of those terrible games. Love you, Ash, but don't love your takes. <laughs> all those things are still on the channel as well. Um, you can go watch those old the, yeah. uh, those old chatties. Um, biggest big gaming surprise of 2020. Too, um, I think for me it's it's just the amount of the quality in something like Neon White. Mm-hmm. Um, it's because uh, it was from the Donut County guy. I forget the guy's name now. 
Um, I want to say Which Bonnie is a Sun. very different game, isn't it? Yes. And it was just, I, I put it in, I literally think it's one of the best games of the year. I put it in the game of the year, the, the actual top 10 thing. Damn right, um, did. Because it just, it's just this really slick first-person shooter, like puzzle shooter. Yeah. And um, where you're just chaining together so much momentum and moves and power-ups. And like each weapon is a card, so you only use it once and you burn the card and you pick up something else and you keep going. Yeah. And I just, I think it just comes together so well. And it's like, because it's from the dude who did this sort of commentary on gentrification, played by being an increasingly bigger hole, swallowing everything up and changing yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, I was just like, I would never have thought he would pivot into that. Um, what so a I'd game though, Neon White, White is, is so good yeah. because I, I slept on it for quite a few months and then I played mm. it fairly recently and I was like, this game is sick. It's so yeah. quick and slick. I love it. It's funny on PlayStation now as well. So if you want to play like a, an even faster version or whatever, because I only played it on Switch, um, oh, but the PC nice. players were Nice, because that's like, where I've got it. I've got it on Switch. Right, cool. Yeah, there's a way like, like four, I think it's 4K60, whatever it is on, on PlayStation. It might be on Xbox too, but it's definitely on PlayStation. Ooh, um, and it's just, yeah, it's one of those games that you should just give a, a shot. Like it, it's so slick. It's, it's yeah. That would be my most surprising thing. I think that my one, the most surprising was just how well-crafted, impeccably playing, and just fantastic sounding the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge yeah, game God, was. Yeah. Like, I won't say that I, I wouldn't, I didn't see it topping anyone's game of the year. I, and it's mm. a real shame because I feel like what it did, much like when people say that Pong is the best video game ever because of the simplicity, <laughs> simplicity. therefore it never gets anything wrong. It's mm. the same mentality that I apply to this game. It's so beautifully animated it's mm. got all of the original voice actors back in again that they could um and the soundtrack as well is phenomenal mm-hmm, it, the mm-hmm. combat in it fixes a lot of problems that uh, 2d brawlers have and i was mm. just like this game is so much fun james dows and i we uh, we blasted through it outside of work and it was just mm-hmm. a case of like there's we we finished a level and immediately went to the next one no question right. about it just bam 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 oh, it's it's perfect it's I mean, so fun i like low key i think i might have said this already but i think that my album of the year is the tmnt soundtrack like it's, it's, so it's t lopes it? is incredible it's yeah. such a perfect set of music um but yeah because i the thing with that game is i feel like it was done a disservice by releasing just alongside or, or close to the um Kawabunga collection yeah. because then it kind of felt like oh it's another one of them yeah um, and i remember asking you about it or oh, you told me it was great i remember that conversation and then just being like oh so it's not that and you were like no yeah. not at all it's it's it's, it's a whole new thing and then i dove into it and same thing i just blasted through it couldn't stop playing it it's perfect like it's such a beautiful um like brawler side scrolling brawler that just like animates extremely well and like the drop in drop out multiplayer yeah. is really solid as well i think that um dot emu are taking up the same sort of residency as uh, are they called arc works the guys who animate um the Guys behind Guilty Gear and yeah, Dragon Ball, System Arc works, System yeah. Works. Yeah, it's that sort of thing of like, if you have a very specific type of video game, in this case, mm. a side-scrolling 2D beat-em-up, go to them. With Streets yes. of Rage 4 under their belt, and now this, there is no doubt. Like, Pinky, when he was uh, asking about, sorry, I just mashed my mic there, um, <laughs> uh, when you were talking about, uh, do you trust uh, CD Projekt Red? Much less so than I trust Arc System Works and .emu to create yeah, the types yeah. of games that they are known for creating. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Oh yeah, man. I think in terms, of, especially in terms of art styles, like Arc System have become have become those guys. Yeah. Like to make it look like you you pause any part of it and it looks like an anime. It's just um, but it actually is in three D. It's like yeah, it's a gorgeous way to do anime games. Even the Demon Slayer games like that. It's not by Arc System, but it's the same kind of approach to it where it just looks like, like perfect. Well, interestingly, you were speaking about demon slaying, and this leads I me was. on to uh, King Poobar's um, question, which <laughs> is, what is the biggest animal that you could take in a fight to the death? Oh, God. 
<laughs> What's the laziest? I wouldn't want to kill it. I wouldn't. It's want not to a sloth. I will tell you that much, mate. After your experience <laughs> with him like that, what was it? A level five creature? You something, something like? Is it level five yeah, danger? The zoo told me if it wants to crush you to death, it will, and if it wants to run after crush you, it will. You they're to just, death. They're just, run up. They're just too lazy. I swear that this um, this zookeeper's having your pants down, mate. What is going on here? <laughs> mate, I don't know. I've not I've not looked up sloth death videos. But maybe they're a thing. They could be the the killers, okay, the right. snorlaxes of the uh, animal world. Place your bets, Scott. Are you googling? How many people die from sloth related? <laughs> Well, that's, no, that's the whole thing. They don't. They're too lazy to do it. They don't. That was the whole thing about their their general sort of okay. attitude is that they're not. If they wanted to be absolute mass murderers, they could be, and they would just slowly hug everyone to death. <laughs> but they don't. So they terrible. Can't well, I can't find anyone who's died from a sloth. So um, yeah. obviously, the can't be bothered ratio is very high. <laughs> but still, um, they're the Snorlaxes of the animal kingdom. What, what could so? What could you do then? What would be the one you'd take? Well, I wouldn't want to kill anything. So no, I, no, I think yeah, yeah. you know, sort of like knock it or either make knock it out or make it sort of know that it's defeated. I, I don't know what, how I do that. Why don't we switch it so that it's um, which video game animal? Because then that way there's no bad feelings about it because of the fact that it's a digitized creation. (laughs) And as long as it's not like the bunny from Last of Us that you shoot with a crossbow or something like that, then yeah, we don't have to call anyone and get to worrying about you. I'd still feel bad, but if we're talking about... I mean, that's the thing. If you're talking about video game animals, then the ones that we do kill all the time are like monster hunter creatures, like Mm -hmm. those giant sort of Mm -hmm. T-Rex looking things or whatever. Um, I'd probably take one of them. Well, not in real life. I couldn't take one. No, go for it. Have have some faith in yourself, mate. Have some faith. I'd take one of them. I would take the one... I forget what you call the, uh, the creature that becomes like a big sort of puffball with his head and it flies around it's in Monster Hunter World oh that's and it's just like it looks like a giant rabbit it's, so it's got like funny. a funny Big puff head. Yeah, big puff head. <laughs> yeah, big puffy head. And, uh, maybe I could take <laughs> I could take one of them down with a bow and arrow. But I uh, I would I wouldn't want to. I would let it defeat me. Um, I'd, I'd I'd rather go out that way. Really? I'm okay, fair enough. That. I mean, as a vegan, obviously I've got a lot of pent up rage against animals, <laughs> and I want to crush, kill, destroy them at every single opportunity that I can. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that I would go to Horizon Zero Dawn, and I would take Ooh. I would try and take down one of the big T Rexes there. <laughs> I would I would die trying, but I would be standing there because obviously it would be. I'd be set in the universe so I'd be mm. there in my little uh, loincloth um, my uh, zero <laughs> armour on yeah just because obviously I think that I'm harder than I am don't mm. I so I'm like uh, the little tiny scrappy dogs that bark at the bigger ones I'd stand mm. there with my crude spear that I've made out of like a car wing mirror I'd have uh, <laughs> a little helmet on there that's like the bumper of a Citroen and I'd stand there going come on then let's have your son and then he'd just eat me straight away done I reckon you could uh, you maybe get a few hits in I think the tripwires brought those down in the game so you need That's to true. trip it up a little bit to be honest if I, if I hung out with Aloy I'd probably do okay because I'd let her do about 90% of the heavy lifting and then just make mm. sure that I get my photo taken with me standing on it so then that way it looks like <laughs> I've, I'm the one that felled it like that grave meme you're just sort of leaning in doing the peace symbol next <laughs> oh, to oh man uh, yeah taken down. oh my god <laughs> next question from PG Quips who says you can only play one remake next year is it Dead Space System Shock or Resident Evil 4 gut feeling Jules it's Resident Evil 4 (laughs) I think mine's going to be System Shock that's the one I'm least familiar with just just because I've gone through I've gone through Dead Space a lot I don't but it's like I don't know if I'm only playing one I'm not bothered about I'm not bothered about the Dead Space and Resident Evil 4 remakes those games are perfect how dare you how (laughs) very dare you we've said a lot of stuff to each other in the past mate but I feel like this is the line that's finally being crossed you are staring me dead in the eye across zoom admittedly and, yeah. and saying that you don't want to play the resident evil 4 remake well no i obviously will and, and in, in this reality i will but if i have to choose between them i want the game that has the most ground to make up like okay. i want the thing that can okay. be improved the most dead space is pretty solid i don't think they're changing the navigation in that very much and i always hated the way that game was structured plus potential just... microtransactions <laughs> 
Well, there's that stuff. <laughs> yeah. But it's like, in the original, it's just go here, push X, go over there, push X. Like, mm-hmm. I get so sick of that. And Resident Evil, for me, is a per- Resident Evil 4 is a perfect game. So I'm okay. just like, if you're reskinning that and changing the time of day and whatever, then cool. But System Shock feels like, you know, you do all that stuff with Shodan and yeah, whatever. No, like, that'd be really cool. cool. Yeah, and like, you yeah. do get all the dialogue options and stuff like that as well. Yeah, no, yeah maybe you're right, actually. That yeah. is pretty good. No, you know what? I'm going to take my uh, ill-placed anger and instead <laughs> use it to answer the last question of okay. this year's UBP, which is from uh, Dan Rowe 4, who says, You and Scott versus Hordes of Undead. One weapon each from any game, go. I feel like the Instagram crowd want more like uh, us versus things questions. How, how many it's animals be- can we kill? It's because I'm so antagonistic on Instagram versus my Twitter <laughs> reality. So uh, yeah, um, I think that in terms of video game weapons, what do you want to choose? Do you want to choose something iconic, like a bus? Well, I'm sword? thinking, are we are we thinking something that we we have a one weapon each? Or yeah, are we one weapon between each other. Uh, one weapon each. I'm afraid, mate. Okay, if it's one weapon each, then I'm going down the Gatling gun route. I want something that's going to be able to let me mow some stuff down. I like it. So maybe like a fully upgraded, uh, I forgot what you call the weapon from uh, Hades, but there's like the, there's that machine gun oh, thing. Oh, like the soul cannon sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. And so like when you like power that up, it becomes this like insane thing that just sort of like rattles through dudes. And it literally does rattle as well. You're really satisfied to shoot. Yeah. Um, or just the Gatling gun from like Doom or something or Unreal Tournament or something. Yeah. One of those really big, big guns that I can just hold the trigger down and just mow stuff down with it. I'm assuming I'll do some damage with that okay so you take that because you're the long-ranged guy so basically yes. what we do is we make sure that you're mowing down the hordes and i'm just taking care of anything <laughs> that gets close to you around that mm-hmm. period so i reckon that i'm gonna take the dual paddle saws from dead rising oh, 2 shout. yeah uh-huh. chuck green's the one that he's pictured on the box art with yep. because you walk forward through them like you're rowing through but you're doing <laughs> so much damage to the zombies the, the thing is scott is that I would die immediately. There's no <laughs> way because there's either going to, the the gas is going to run out. I'm going to have forgot to refuel the, the chainsaws. Right. Or I'll walk into your line of fire and get absolutely mowed down <laughs> along with them. But I'll go in down and I'll turn around to you as I go down, getting bitten by all those and be like, mm. it's been fun, Scott. You be titled. You be forever <laughs> yeah i feel like uh, i could keep that thing going until i have to like reload then you've got to do that weird sort of long like chain of bullets over your shoulder thing oh, to, like yeah. reload a minigun and yeah. then that always kills me in every video game anyway so Plus, I'm, you gotta I'm think down. about the amount of ammo that you'd be wasting in about 10 to 20 seconds you probably <laughs> would uh, completely run out of every bullet that you had right mm. <laughs> but we, we'd make a good dent we would take on the hordes we would do well uh we'd do as well as we could speaking of doing well we've done well it's the entitled mm. podcasts ending episode thing or whatever I usually say to make this up for the end of the podcast <laughs> but I want to say a massive thank you to everybody again for sending in all their questions and just supporting us so much across the year genuinely mm-hmm. couldn't do it without any of you and it's honestly so so lush um, every single week to get all the uh, responses and, and just have that communication I genuinely love it big love to every single person that's uh, supported us throughout this again we couldn't do it without you we're all part mm. of the family big love come over for turkey there's some uh, gravy by the gallon <laughs> But also, we're not going to be back asking for questions next week. No sorry, no. Bob. So what we're going to be doing instead is take a little break. You take care of yourselves. You recharge. You have a good time with your family or whatever it is you're going to be getting up to around this Christmas time. Play some video games. You relax. You remember that you're a good, good person. And we will see you in the new year for a brand new UB. There we go. Hell yes. I've just looked up the date. We are back on January the 6th. So you've got, there's two Boom. Fridays where you've got to you've got to have your own banda and we will bring what we can in 2023. But for now, thank you all very, very much. I've been Scott Taylor, this has been Jules Gill. I have indeed. <laughs> and we'll catch you next year. Bye. Goodbye.
A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.